my goodness, second episode of 2024, <laughs> and we have another amazing guest to share with all of you out there listening and or watching. Yes. That's right, the one and only Callie Spragans from The Upshaws is coming on the show to talk about that experience and how a Netflix series actually gets more than one season, right? I mean, they got something right. <laughs> yes, absolutely, man. She, and somehow, some way, she's working with people on that show that have bridged the gap between our generations. We, we, yeah. you, we, we got Tootie from my generation, Facts of Life, Kim Fields, and you got Mike Epps. It's like, how awesome is that, that she gets to do both and, and talk about both of them? I thought it was really cool in the interview that she could like say, I got you covered and I got you covered. It's a really cool interview. I think everybody's going to love it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, I mean, this young woman definitely has her shit put together. She let's does. Let's be honest about it because she is very educated. Uh, if she doesn't continue pursuing acting, she's going to be a lawyer. And <laughs> what type of law? Well, we're going to be talking all about that in For sure. interview. It's amazing. She's an amazing young woman, like I said. But that's later on the show. Now, let's get a little crazy. Hello, everyone. So you want to start a podcast but have no idea where to start? Well, Crazy Ant Media is here to help you. We want to assist you finding your V- F-E. What's VFE, you ask? Well, that is your voice, your format, and your equipment. These are the three biggest essentials you need to start your podcast. All those hours watching nonstop YouTube videos or all those random website links, those are done. Just hop on a Zoom call with us and we'll talk about everything you need to know to create your own podcast and find your voice plus we will send you home with a 12 page packet over everything we just discussed it's very in-depth it is definitely a must need while trying to start your first podcast contact us at info at crazyantmedia.com today so that you can start finding your podcast voice for tomorrow What's up, guys? Oh my goodness! Episode 246 of It Calf Podcast. You guys know your host with the most, myself, J-Lo, fantastic, and the one and only Mal. What's up? Oh my goodness. There's so much going down right now, man. There's oh so much gosh. happening. I'm super excited to talk about all of it, but man, oh man, I just have to say before we get started... I burnt my hand really bad at work, and I'm really excited to see how much it blisters up. Okay, first of all, I just want to say, and I don't mean this in any kind of a mean way whatsoever. I'm, I'm coming at this from experience. It's about time. Shit, man. You're doing all that cooking. I worked as a cook for a long time, too. And, and I was over the grill. I cooked all different kinds of stuff. And I burnt myself too many times to count. And I was like, when is this dude going to burn himself? There's no way you can do this side job and be cooking and not burn yourself. So congratulations. Welcome. You are now officially a cook. Uh, that's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> don't Be careful. So you got to be careful, yes, man. Exactly. It's just crazy. It's terrifying, man. I got that one. And then a couple weeks ago, like freaking some grease splashed up on my face. Yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. kind of rough, kind of rough. But I mean, you know, you got to do what you got to do for things that you enjoy. That's, That's right. for sure. <laughs> but before jumping into the show and before teasing the rest of everything that we're going to be talking about, of course, we got to say leave a rating on this podcast and of course, comment below because telling everyone.
everyone what you think about this podcast and ratings and comments and all that good stuff actually helps this show get seen by more people who enjoy entertainment news but more importantly those who are trying to break into the entertainment industry because everybody knows that here at crazy ant media we're all about lending the helping hand to the up-and-comers so please be sure to do that because that's what this whole show is about man we love it i mean it's an amazing journey it's amazing process and there's so many talented people out there that are just not discovered yet so that's what we're here to do we're here to help you uh stay informed stay up to date and um become come get more contacts with people that we've had on the show as well because everybody we've had on the show for the most part, is very open and is very willing to have a conversation, specifically with everyone out there listening to the show. So keep that in mind. For sure, for sure. It's all about sometimes not what you know, but who you know. And it helps when you know people. So, and you know, like I'm just saying, we can help it's you with that. <laughs> that's right, that's right. We know what we're doing. We know what we're doing. A uh, little Bobby Boucher. Um, <laughs> all right, now we're going to tease the industry news segment. And man, oh man, it is award season. It is. So we're going to be talking all about the Emmys and the Critics' Choice Awards. And boy, oh boy, things are kind of lining up for that Oscar race, man. Yeah, I'm I think there's a clear front runner there's a clear front runner for the oscars i think anybody with a brain who went to the movies last year knows which one it is but uh you know you never know though sometimes we might be shocked come oscar time sometimes the front runner doesn't get it so it's true maybe all this you know leading up to it could be a bad sign who knows but I, i don't think so it's crazy how they do it man it's very political parties have to happen people have to get drunk they have to have fun no it's that's true what gets it's the true. oscars won <laughs> don't you totally wish and i haven't seen it yet but don't you totally wish for our oscars watch party this year when we do our competition competing for the gold don't you wish they would have had a little gold oppenheimer <laughs> Oh yeah, I would. I would want a gold Oppenheimer so damn bad, bro. Like maybe before it happens, we'll see. I don't know. You know, they probably got a gold Barbie, but you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Emily, Emily'd want the gold Barbie, but I want a gold Oppenheimer. Damn it, that'd be pretty cool. That's so funny, man. That's so funny. But yes, there are other things happening in the entertainment industry. I mean, we're going to be talking about the update with Nelson Peltz trying to take over Disney. Did he or did he not earn that board seat? We'll be talking all about it. And of course, we'll be deep diving into all of the other aspects of the entertainment industry with different studios. So we're super freaking excited about that. For sure. But of course, before we get this thing started, be sure to head over to our website, www.crazyandmedia.com, where you can start rocking the latest and greatest crazy ant media gear. We got the shirts, we got the hats, we got the pillows, we got the stuffed bears, we got stuffed we dogs, do. we got we anything do. and every not like taxidermy stuff, just no, stuffed no. animals. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. So wait, we're we're good. We're on. And maybe if you like wish Dama. really hard or something, your crazy aunt teddy bear can come to life like Ted. Right? I I'm exactly. just putting it out there. Who knows what the hell can happen if you buy some crazy ant merch? I don't know. Exactly. It could happen. I mean, crazier stuff has happened. (laughs) That's for sure. That's for sure. When you wish upon an ant, man. That's right. When you wish upon an ant. Here comes the lawsuit. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Be sure to follow us on social media uh, because we do have promotional sales for our merchandise all the time. So that's why you got to follow us at Crazy Ant Media and at ItCap Podcast so you can know when these things go on sale so you know when to buy them because they're great man they are freaking great they are but we're going to be starting with the emmys this week on 246 now despite pulling out 
all of the stops. Ratings for the Emmys hit record low. Yeah, this year, I don't understand. Which is crazy because it was a great freaking show. It, it really, really was. was. Um, and I mean, hosted by Anthony Anderson, the 75th Annual Emmy Awards delivered an audience of only 4.3 million total viewers of and a 0.85 among the key demographic in the adult range of 18 to 49. A high for Fox as it became the network's most watched Monday unscripted telecast in over eight and a half years, but a new low for this particular award show, according to the Nelson data. Now, straying from its typical fall schedule due to last year's historic strikes, this was the first time ever the Emmy Awards aired against an NFL playoff game, which likely played a big role in its downfall. Now, steeped in uh, nostalgic TV hits of the last century, Monday's night Emmy Awards telecast featured several TV reunions, which included, like we told you last week, Martin, Cheers, and the original cast, some of them, of Grey's Anatomy, (laughs) as well as moments from um, All in the Family and the made history with the most diverse Emmy viewers uh, have ever seen from the TV Academy with a significant number of people of color like uh, Nisi Nash, Beast Adley Wong, Stephen Yoon, and Ayo Abdrari. Yep. Um, every time, man. Every time. It's all um, good. Accepting <laughs> awards across the drama, comedy, limited, and reality, variety series, categories. Here is a full list of all of the winners that won last week. All right, let's dive into it. And a lot of these right off the top are no surprise. We saw this come and it made total sense. Drama series Succession, HBO. Uh, duh. That's right. <laughs> Comedy series The Bear for Hulu and FX. Again, the only thing baffling about that one is it's not a comedy series. Just putting it out there, but not surprised by the win. Limited series Beef. It was a big night for Beef. Oh, it yeah. really was. Um, lead actor in a drama series, Kieran Culkin, who accidentally kissed his uh, TV dad on the lips, which was kind of <laughs> awkward, but it's okay because I feel like the bear situation the, <laughs> completely overshadowed that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. So then, of course, it only makes sense that lead actress in a drama series would be Sis, Sarah Snook from Succession. So there you go. Lead actor in a comedy series went to Jeremy Allen White from The Bear. Yep. Lead actress in a comedy series, Quinta Brunson from Abbott Elementary. And lead actor in a limited series or movie went to Stephen Yoon's Beef on Netflix. And right beside him, lead actress in a limited series or movie, Ali Wong from Beef. That's so freaking amazing. Um, and also supporting actor in a comedy series, Evan Moss Branchart. From The Bear. Yep. And right next to him, supporting actress in a comedy series, Ayo Adebri from The Bear. <laughs> and supporting actor in a drama series went to Matthew McFadden for Succession. Yeah, because if you have brother and sis, you got to have the brother-in-law. It only makes sense. They all got to be winners. Supporting actress in a drama series, this woman's just been killing it with the White Lotus. She's just like everywhere. Jennifer Coolidge. She won. If I am not mistaken, that's her second time winning two years in a row for that yep. specific uh, category. So that's awesome. Yep. Uh, supporting actor in a limited series or movie went to Paul Walter 
Hauser for Blackbird. Yes. That was a hilarious speech and an even more epic uh, limited series. So oh, be sure to check that one out. Without that, he literally rapped his acceptance speech with, <laughs> without rapping, but he was rapping. It was so weird. I just want to clear up too, just really quickly, because a lot of people shot some comments like wondering, like, how was that even in there? That was last year. Guys, because of the shutdown of the strikes, uh, it, it was all kind of pushed back. So there are some shows from the previous year that were eligible this year. So if you have any confusion as to why that was, now you know. Supporting actress in a limited series or movie, Niecy Nash Betts from Dahmer Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story. Yeah, that's a good one mm. too. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, writing for a comedy series went to The Bears, Christopher Storer, who was not there and had won a few awards but was not there. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Writing for a drama series, oh, again, Succession, Jesse Armstrong, who was there. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, good for him. Uh, writing for a limited or anthology series or movie went to Beef Lee Sung Jin. Yep. Directing for a comedy series, The No Show, The Bear, Christopher Storer. That's right, that's right. And directing for a drama series went to Succession's Mark Malloyd. Mm, yeah. Directing for a limited or anthology series or movie, Beefs, Lee Sung Jin. Are you seeing a pattern here between these three right. wins? I mean, come on. Makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, reality competition program, I mean, they've been racking it up the past couple years. And that we're talking about RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And same as this one, scripted variety series, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. He just consistently keeps winning that bad boy. If I remember correctly, they said eight years in a row. Yeah, uh, which yeah, is just like freaking wild. <laughs> it's just nuts. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Um, and variety talk series went to the Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Yep, and variety special live went to Elton John live farewell from Dodger Stadium. I didn't see that. I kind of wanted to. I hope I can like jot it down somewhere and find it. But uh, yeah, I'm not surprised it won though. No, for sure, for sure. An outstanding writing for a variety series went to Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. Well, there you go. So, that, like we said, it was, a, it was a really amazing show. I hate that it didn't do as well in the ratings, but it is what it is. Come on, guys, tune in. You know you love television, so tune into the damn show that awards television. I'm just saying. All right, let's jump on over to the Critics' Choice Awards. Now, this is important because critics can be tough sometimes. So when they award you something and say that you're great, it's usually a pretty good sign. Um, again, there wasn't a whole lot of surprises in these award ceremonies, but we're going to clue you in on all the winners. Oppenheimer, of course, was the big winner at the Critics' Choice Awards, taking home eight trophies, including Best Picture, Director, and Supporting Actor. Barbie followed right behind with six wins, including Best Comedy and Best Song. The ceremony shook up the awards race, handing Best Actress, though, to Emma Stone and Best Actor to Paul Giamatti. That shocked everybody. I think every, everybody's like, whoa, wait a minute, what? But um, I was thrilled by both of those. There were fewer surprises on the television side, though, as the Bear, Succession, and Beef, as you just saw in the Emmy Awards, which award television, also won big in the uh, Critics' Choice Awards. So does it, it makes a whole lot of sense that that was the way it went down. So we're going to give you the whole list of winners right now. Let's jump right in. We're going to start with film. 
Now, of course, Best Picture went to, of course, Oppenheimer for Universal. Yep, and as I said, the big surprise of the night, Best Actor, Paul Giamatti from The Holdovers. I love this guy. I mean, I loved Killian Murphy, don't get me wrong, but I was I was jumping for joy with Giamatti. I love that guy and everything he does, man. Everything he does. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, Best Actress went to Emma Stone for Poor Things. That's one I really want to see. Me too. So out there. It reminds me a lot of Heath Ledger's last film that came out. So I'm really excited to finally check that one out. Yeah, me too. It's kind of like a Frankenstein type thing, right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, It's going to be interesting. Best Supporting Actor went to Iron Man for Oppenheimer. RDJ himself. He is Iron Man. What? He says it himself. He's Iron Man. Come on. Just say it. It's true. It's true. Uh, Best Supporting Actress went to Davine Joy Randolph for The Holdovers, which is amazing because she's an amazing actress. Oh, yeah. So it's awesome to see her get some recognition. For sure. Best Young Actor or Actress, Dominic Sessa from The Holdovers. Listen, mark my words. I'm going on the record right now. If there's going to be an upset for Oppenheimer at the Oscars, I think The Holdovers is the sleeper. Keep an yeah. eye on the holdovers. I it might some shock some people at the Oscars. I'm just saying. Just saying. Completely agree, man. Completely agree. And this only makes sense because everyone and their mother was in this film. Uh, best acting ensemble went to Oppenheimer. Yes. Kudos to our friend, our guy, uh, John Papsidera, who cast that bad boy. So well yes. done. Well done. There should be an asterisk next to it with his name because it's all him. Best director, Christopher Nolan Oppenheimer. No big surprise there. Of course, of course. And best original screenplay goes to Barbie. Of course, Greta Gerwig and Noah Bombach. Oh, yeah. And there there you go. There's a little back and forth controversy. Best original screenplay for Critics' Choice. The Oscars refused to call it that. They're calling it an adapted screenplay, which exactly. Greta was not too happy about. <laughs> Best adapted screenplay for the Critics' Choice Awards, however, was American Fiction was the winner with Cord Jefferson. That's one that I want to see, too. I mean, a lot of A-listers are in that. Yeah. Um, I'm super excited about that one. I think that one may be a sleeper as well, but we'll see. We'll yep, see. yep. Um, now, of course, Best Cinematography goes to Hoyt Van Hoytima for Oppenheimer. Yeah, no surprise there at all whatsoever. Best Production mm-hmm. Design, Sarah Greenwood and Katie Spencer for Barbie. You were literally living in Barbie. I mean, it, I mean, it, this had to win that, right? Like, come on. Exactly, exactly. Best editing goes to Jennifer Lame for Oppenheimer. Mm, yes, yes, yes. Best costume design, again, not a shocker. Jacqueline Duran for Barbie. Duh. Makes sense, <laughs> makes sense. And followed with the best hair and makeup goes to Barbie. Duh. But... When you actually blow up a fucking bomb for real, you have to give best visual effects to Oppenheimer because, you know, shit, it wasn't fake, y'all. He really blew up a fucking bomb. That's pretty visual. I'm just saying. Just saying. Uh, best comedy, this one's interesting, goes to Barbie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Best animated feature, they reversed course from the Golden Globes and they gave it to the one I thought was going to win, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I was happy to see that. Mm, for sure, for sure. Best foreign language film goes to uh, uh, Autonomy of the of a Fall. Mm, mm, that one's uh, getting some wins too. Uh, I'm not surprised by that. Best original yeah. song, I'm just Ken, of course, from Barbie. He's just Ken. Of course. He's just Ken. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> um, 
best original song, or that was when you used it, best score goes to Ludwig uh, Gorenson, of course, from Oppenheimer. We've talked about this guy last week. He is the new John Williams, yeah. this day and age. I was Williams. literally just going to say this. As they're dedicating buildings at Sony to John Williams, this guy is coming up. This is the guy that's going to write the theme song somewhere that you'll be singing for the rest of your life. I guarantee you. Yeah. This guy's just a genius, and I'm loving all the wins. All right, let's jump on over to television where we basically told you all the winners in the Emmys, but the critics agreed. Best drama series, success. Best actor in a drama series, Kieran Culkin, Succession. Best actress in a drama series, Sarah Snook, Succession. (laughs) Best supporting actor in a drama series goes to Billy Crudup for The Morning Show. Yes. Now, that one was a shocker. That was a twist. Best supporting actress was also a twist from the Emmys. Elizabeth Debicki for The Crown won that one. So there you go. There it is. Uh, best comedy series went to The Bear. Yep, going right back to the the Emmys. Uh, critics agree. Best actor in a comedy series, Jeremy Allen White, The Bear. And followed with his co-star, on-screen partner, best actress in a comedy series, Ayo Abdabari yep. for The Bear. And following right along in the same, best supporting actor in a comedy series is cousin, Eben Moss Backrack, The Bear. I love it. I love it. This one's interesting because I don't know, man. I just I have I still need to finish season three. I literally have one episode left, but I I was kind of uh, disappointed in season three. And I'm talking about uh, only murders in the building. But Meryl Streep won Best Supporting Actress in a comedy series for her role in the third season for Only Murders in the Building. Mm. Okay, I I gotta be honest. I haven't watched a single one of episode, uh, season three yet. I gotta jump on that. Uh, but I'm really? not surprised. I, I really, I'm, I'm behind on I that one. I thought we talked about it. I thought we talked about no, it. No, no. I started the first episode but didn't finish it and then fell off something else and then I just haven't gone back to it. So I got to watch all of them. Uh, I'm not surprised though. Meryl Streep's really funny. Everybody thinks of her oh, as yeah. a dramatic actress, but she's actually really funny. Uh, best limited series, no surprise here, Beef. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, best movie made for television goes to Quiz Lady for Hulu. Yep. And if you're going to give Beef the award, you got to give the actors like everybody else was. Best actor in a limited series or movie made for television, Steven Yoon, Beef. I love it. I love it. And, of course, best actress in a limited series or movie made for television, Ali Wong for Beef. Of course. Best supporting actor in a limited series or movie made for television, Jonathan Bailey for Fellow Travelers. I've heard really good stuff about that, but I haven't seen it yet. Same, same. I've heard really good stuff. Uh, Best supporting actress in a limited series or movie made for television goes to Maria Bello for Beef. Yes. Best foreign language series, Lupin on Netflix. Love it. Love it. Uh, Best animated series goes to Scott Pilgrim Takes Off on Netflix. Yep. And best talk show of Gin last week tonight with John Oliver. No surprise. I love it. I love it. And I love this, too. Best comedy special goes to John Mulaney's Baby J on Netflix, where he talks about his uh, addictions and getting over them. And uh, he's still doing that, too. I went and saw him on the road recently. And uh, just great comedian, man. Great comedian. Knows what he's doing. For sure. Good win. Good win there. All right. Let's jump on over to the Mouse House, where the fight continues. We need Michael Buffer to announce this. Let's get ready to rumble! We, we knew it was coming, guys. Amid 
activist investor fight with Nelson Peltz and his Tryon fund, the Bob Iger-led Disney formally rejected the nominations that Peltz offered for the board of directors and put forward its own slate. Disney's board presented these nominees, Mary T. Barra, Sarah F. Katz, Amy L. Chang, D. Jeremy DeRock, Carolyn N. Everson, Michael B.G. Fromman, James P. Gorman, Robert A. Iger, of course, Maria Elena Lagomasa, Calvin R. McDonald, Mark G. Parker, and Derricka W. Rice. Now, the company said in a statement, quote, The nominees that we have put forward reflect Disney's ongoing commitment to a strong board focused on the long-term performance of the company, strategic growth initiatives, the succession planning process, and increasing shareholder value. The nominees came, of course, in the company's preliminary proxy statement, which also had some background on Tryon's board crusade and revealed executive pay for Iger and other top executives. Now, Iger's fiscal 2023 was $31.6 million, with former CEO Bob Chappick earning nearly $10 million. What the fuck? If you're wondering about that confused, he was terminated a few months after that fiscal year started. So he did make a little money that year. Uh, And former CFO Christine McCarthy took home a package valued at $18.1 million. Now, just to clarify, the lion's share of Iger's pay package was in stock option awards. According to Disney, the company had no less no less than 20 meaningful interactions with Peltz and his Tryan group after the company abandoned its proxy fight last year. Yes, remember, Peltz has been trying for over a year now. Now, the company says that Iger met with Peltz in New York in November, and in that meeting, Iger asked Peltz, what courses of action he would recommend to the board to address his concerns per Disney's proxy filing. Peltz again offered no strategic insights and proposed courses of action to address the concerns and instead responded that he was not there to put forth a plan, he was only there to get a board seat. (laughs) What? Disney also revealed why its board chose to reject board seats for Peltz and former Disney CFO Jay Reluso who has joined Tryan in its board fight. Now, Disney's proxy stated, quote, In deciding not to recommend Mr. Peltz, the directors considered a number of factors, including that in a two-year quest for a seat on the Disney board, Mr. Peltz has not actually presented a single strategic idea for Disney, that his assessment of Disney seems oblivious to the ongoing secular change in the media industry, that Mr. Peltz's experience was primarily in commodity consumer packaging goods, businesses, and not media or technology, that Mr. Peltz has no experience in a business that is primarily driven by creative talent and focused on delivering uniquely memorable customer experiences, and that Mr. Peltz's partnership with Ike Permutler, who owns the lion's share of the equity claimed by the Tryan Group, and the complexity of Mr. Permutler's history with Disney and Mr. Iger and other senior executives created significant concern regarding just exactly how that partnership would impact Mr. Peltz as a director. Duh! No shit! (laughs) So, what do you do? What do you do when Disney comes to you and says, no, we're not going to recommend that you get on the board? What do you do? Right, exactly. Is he going to run away with his tail in between his legs? No. (laughs) 
belt is not going away without a fight this time, they say. Uh-oh. Triand Partners officially submitted its own preliminary preliminary uh, proxy statement for the election of Peltz and former Disney CFO Jay Rossolo to Disney's board at the Mouse House's 2024 annual shareholders meeting. In its filing, <laughs> Triana also outlined its goals and initial perspectives for Disney regarding corporate governance. Wait, he did uh, offer goals? <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Uh, streaming profitability to target and achieve Netflix-like margins of 15 to 20% by a fiscal year of 2027, as well as ESPN studio creativity and growth in Disney's parks and experiences unit. Now, it's all intended, according to the company, to hashtag restore the magic at the um, media conglomerate. <laughs> But the key question is, can Nelson Peltz get the backing of enough Disney shareholders to succeed in shaking up the board and challenging CEO Bob Iger for the future direction of the company? Now, Tryon's proposals include two board nominees would acquire an affirmative affirmative vote of the shareholders Um of the holders of the majority of the shares of the Walt Disney Company. Now, to date, Tryon has not disclosed whether it has the support of any Disney uh, other shareholders. Looking at the results of Disney's 2023 shareholders vote, there was an overwhelmingly amount of support for the Disney-recommended slate of the 11 directors and other board-backed proposals. Now, Per the vote tally from the meeting held on April 3rd of 2023, each of the candidates received at least 93% of the shared vote. Now, excluding absentee absentations and broker non-votes, the board candidacy of Iger for one got 96.7% of the shares cast. So as of last year, there was no significant shareholder uh, agonization for change. So the board doesn't want him. Iger doesn't want him. Go the fuck away. Yeah, and clearly with what you just said there with the numbers, the shareholders don't want him. I mean, remember, yeah. he tried this last year, and they did the vote, and 96.7% of the shareholders voted to keep Iger and keep Pelts out. Dude, you don't have it, my man. <laughs> you know, just go the fuck away. Like, we've talked about this. We've talked about that. In fact, this is one of my future predictions for 2024. Iger fights this guy off. He keeps the job and, and fixes and turns around Disney. Just like, move the fuck on, Pelts. That's all I'm saying, man. It's time to go. Hey, we've got some really good news coming out. We told you last week, though, on the show that the huge success of Echo coming out and dominating both Hulu and Disney Plus as the most watched show. Everybody seems to love it. The critics, the fans, everybody's on board. So this only makes sense. Sources are saying that Deborah Ann Wall and Eldon Henson will be back, finally, reprising their roles as Karen Page and Foggy Nelson in Marvel Studios' Daredevil Born Again. Now, that's great news for all of us fans of the Netflix Daredevil series. More great news is that Marvel's Kevin Feige has officially confirmed that the Netflix Defenders shows, Daredevil, Defenders, Jessica Jones, Punisher, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, they are now all canon as part of the wider MCU multiverse. 
Yes. They've even put it in the official timeline so you know right where they fall. Uh, I, I could not be more happy about this. Uh, this only made sense. I thought the direction that they were going, that they were killed off and weren't going to be in the show, and that they were going to not kill off Kingpin's dad and all that. Thank God somebody said, wait a minute. No, no. That, that Daredevil show was pretty fucking good. Let's just keep that and go forward. And thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I'm pumped, man. I loved Echo, and I think this is going to be great. Moon Knight, the guys behind Moon Knight, the guys behind Loki Season 2, and Punisher's Netflix series are all the guys running Daredevil Born Again. So that shit's going to be fucking awesome because all those shows kicked ass. So, I mean, come on. For sure, for sure. Well, heading over to Fox, they have found its main cast for the upcoming drama series, Rescue High Surf. Mm. Now, the show was originally greenlit at Fox back in April of 2023. We know what happened there. Um, the, the series regulars <laughs> will include Robbie Magasiva um, from Wentzworth and Bad Behavior, Ariel Kibble from The Vampire Diaries, and John Tucker Must like Die, um, Adam Demus from Sex Life and Unreal, uh, Kyoka uh, Yamano from The White Lotus and Aquaman, Alex Aono from Pretty Little Liars Original Sin, and Doogie Kamaloha MD, and Zoe Cypress from uh, Rosewell, New Mexico, and Long Pork. In addition, uh, C. Samuka from Three Body Problem and Arrow will appear in a recurring role. Now, of course, per the official logline description, um, of the series states that it will follow the personal and professional lives of the heavy water lifeguards who patrol and protect the north shore of Oahu, the most famous and most dangerous stretch of the coastline in the world. Each episode will feature these dedicated, heroic, and adrenaline-seeking first responders saving lives in a difficult and often life-threatening condition of Hawaii's Seven Mile Miracle. Mm. Now, Fox ordered a Rescue High Surf not long before it was announced that the hit drama series 911 would be moving over to ABC for its seventh season, while the sister series 911 Lone Star was renewed for a fifth season, and that would be debuting on Fox in the fall of 2024. Now, um, is this just 2024's Baywatch? Yes, I was thinking the same exact thing. <laughs> this is just an updated version of Baywatch. Are they going to be fucking running in slow motion? I bet all these people that they just named are going to be in small bathing suits. <laughs> They're going to be on the beach all the time. And the, I mean, just it's Baywatch. If David Hasselhoff doesn't jump in an episode somewhere, I'll be shocked. I'm just going to say it. Right. All right, let's hop on over to the bunny. Kate McKinnon, yes, that Kate McKinnon, you know her, you love her, and Jermaine Clement are joining the mushrooming ensemble of Jared Hess's Minecraft over at Warner Brothers. McKinnon and Clement will, of course, join Jason Momoa, Jack Black, Danielle Brooks, Emma Myers, Sebastian Eugene Hansen, as well as, there she is again, Jennifer Coolidge. Now, the movie is shooting in New Zealand with screenplay credits to be determined on a storyline that apparently is being kept well under wraps. So it's Minecraft, so I think we kind of have an idea what it's about, but, you know, how they're going to go the story and what they're going to do with it, I don't know. Exactly, exactly. More video game adaptations. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Somebody, Interesting. Hmm, there was a prediction for that, I think, somewhere. Yes, Somebody said that. Yes, be sure to stay tuned for our 2024 <laughs> predictions for the entertainment industry that will be dropping on our YouTube channel before the end of January. 
Um, now heading over to Paramount, the seventh and crazy installment of Mission Impossible movie will be added to Paramount Plus on January 25th in the United States and Canada, A. Eh? It will arrive in additional <laughs> international markets at the beginning of February. Notably, the original title of the film was Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. But it is now just simply called Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Yep. The slight name change comes after the upcoming eighth movie was originally um, subtitled Dead Reckoning Part 2. But it was delayed over a year from June 28th, 2024 to May 23rd of 2025. And it was announced that it received a new title. Yep. Now Cruz, Paramount's Golden Boy, and Skydance produced Dead Reckoning. And it was directed by Christopher McCreary. He'll return to direct the eighth installment of Mission Impossible as well. Which will also bring back many of the Dead Reckoning cast, which makes sense since it's technically a part two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah. I mean, I t- listen, I totally get it from a marketing point. It's been two years in between the gaps of the movies. You don't want to say part one, part two, you know, but, uh, hey, you got to do what you got to do. Right. This one I am super pumped about. I know you are probably super pumped about, but Emily, my daughter, your soon-to-be wife, She's going to freaking love this story. Universal, guys. We're jumping over to Universal. Universal Pictures has optioned the rights to Anthony Kiedis' New York Times bestseller, Scar Tissue, with the feature film project currently in early development at the studio. It will be produced by the bad boy himself, Brian Grazier, through Imagine Entertainment. Kiedis and Guy Ossery. Now, the candid book, if you haven't read it, profiles Kiedis, the famed frontman, of course, of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, an artist, addict, and ringleader. It features a deeply unconventional father and son story set against a substance-fueled 1970s and 80s LA punk scene and examines without judgment how Kiedis' experience shaped the music eventually embraced by millions. Kiedis was, of course, born in Grand Rapids, Michigan and moved to Los Angeles around the age of 12 with his early exposure to the vibrant LA music scene laying the foundation for his career. Now, in 1983, he, of course, co-founded Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yes, they've been around that long, y'all. I'm 53. I was 13. They've been around a long time. Of course, he did that alongside guitarist Hill Slovak bassist Flea, and drummer Jack Irons. Now, the band's fusion of funk, punk, and rock, coupled with Kiedis' energetic and provocative stage presence, quickly gained them a devoted fan base. The group has had nine top ten albums, 15 number one modern rock singles. They've won six Grammys, and they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2012. Now, Kiedis' life has been marked by a deep passion for music, but of course a tumultuous journey through addiction as well, and recovery, and a relentless commitment to artistic expression. Universal in recent years, of course, has shown a knack for delivering on these type of biopic movies, uh, definitely music, uh, musician-fronted ones. NWA pick Straight Outta Compton was a massive box office hit that also earned an Oscar nomination for original screenplay, so they kind of know what they're doing, and uh, I would just suggest what you did with NWA, just throw Giamatti in there somewhere. Put Paul Giamatti in there somewhere. It's going to get nominated again. I'm just saying. I, all kidding aside, though, that sounds amazing. A, 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 a movie about Kiedis is going to be fucking awesome, man. I, I, I can't right. imagine that being bad. I just can't. Exactly. Agreed. But, I mean, you know, freaking um, Paul Rick Rubin. Not Paul. Um, 
Rick Rubin helped produce one of Red Hot Chili Peppers' albums, so maybe Paul Giamatti could be Rick Rubin. Oh my god, Giamatti is Rick Rubin? Fuck, that would be so awesome, dude. I could totally see Giamatti with the long-ass beard and like, dude... Oh my God! Yeah, let's let just we'll call Universal. We'll get yeah. So let's gonna, uh, let's for wishing that. That's let's right. That's that. <laughs> um, this one too. To, yeah, right. Heading over to Sony. Jason Reitman's Saturday Night Live origin pick is gaining a ton of momentum as Gabrielle LaBelle is set to play Lauren Michaels. Now Cooper Hoffman is on board to play Dick Ebersole, and Rachel Sinnott will play Rosie Schuster. Now, Reitman will write and direct. Now, SNL 1975 is based on the real-life behind-the-scenes accounts of the NBC Late Night Show's opening night. Now, Reitman and Gil Keenan wrote the script. Now, on October 11th, 1975, the ferocious troupe of young comedians and writers changed television forever. Now, SNL 1975 is the true story of what happened that night behind the scenes and the moments leading up to the first broadcast of SNL. Now, it depicts the chaos and magic of a revolution that almost wasn't counting down the minutes in real life to the infamous words, live from New York, it's Saturday night. Now, the screenplay is based on an extensive series of interviews conducted by Reitman and Keenan with all of the living cast, writers, and crew. Now, the film marks LaBelle's first studio major pick since his breakout role as the lead of Steven Spielberg's semi-autobiographical 2022 film, The Fableman. Yes. Now, he earned a stellar review and now will portray another legendary figure in SNL 1975 i'm really excited about that one man i mean i think that the behind the scenes stories are so freaking cool and specifically with that one because it's like it's about like a certain event you know it's not a biopic that spans a person's whole life yeah so to have it be about a certain event like opening night i bet was absolutely crazy and i bet audience were like what what is this what is yeah. this magic and now you know, so many years later, it's still rocking and rolling. I mean, it's incredible how long that show has been on the air and <clears throat> that it even got on the air. Remember, there's a reason they were called the not ready for primetime players because the network was like, fuck that. We're not putting that shit in primetime. We'll get fucking killed. Like, we're not. And I mean, yeah, Jesus. And what? And it's it's kind of for a long stretch. I don't know if you remember, but for a long stretch, it was very toned down and almost censored and it wasn't working people were like that's not fucking saturday night live what are you doing go back to the raunchy shit go back to the you shouldn't be watching this during prime time stuff let them be you know and i'm so glad it kind of refound itself because there was a little stretch where it just lost it for a little bit and i'm thinking lauren michaels was not happy um but i'm like you dude i'm pumped to kind of see the, what happens the night it goes on the air for the first time holy shit right uh let's jump on over to Lionsgate. now this one i think this is either going to be a huge hit or a complete fucking failure and there's no in between it's going to be one or the other there's no doubt about it we're of course talking about the michael jackson biopic that has found its young 
king of pop. We told you last week, you know, but this is the young version, like when they first start with the Jackson 5. Apparently, Juliano Cruz Valdi, a nine-year-old actor, has been cast as Jackson from the early days in the Jackson 5. The film from director Antoine Fuqua will have Valdi playing Jackson as he and his brothers rise to fame as the Jackson 5. The singing sensation behind such iconic hits as I Want You Back, ABC, and I'll Be There. Now, Crew himself has amassed nearly 150,000 followers on Instagram and is known for his Jackson-inspired dance moves and costumes. Now, as we told you last week, Jackson's actual nephew, Jafar Jackson, is starring as the older Michael in the biopic, titled Michael. It begins principal photography next week, and will release worldwide on April 18th, 2025. The film will be Jafar Jackson's first major role. And speaking of Jafar, he gave you a little first look today on his Instagram. He got he uh, posted a picture of himself in costume as Mike, doing a little dance move. So, got a little sneak peek. Um, like I said, this, this one I feel is really good or really bad. There's like hit or miss with this. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, is it going to be Bohemian Rhapsody or is it going to be the Whitney Houston one? Yeah. That's, really, <laughs> that's a that's great really analogy because I mean, you know, <laughs> it's uh, there's not really in betweens when it comes to biopics. There, there, so there's not. Like, there's not. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Um, that's a great analogy. Um, well, heading over to Amazon MGM Studios, uh, Rosa Salazar from Captain America: Brave New World has booked the female lead in Play Dirty, mm. Shane Black's crime thriller for Amazon MGM Studios, also starring the one and only Marky Mark, Mark Wahlberg, and Lakeith Stanfield. Damn, great cast! Yeah. Um, details as to her role are, of course, being kept under wraps. Of course. In Play Dirty, Wahlberg plays a professional thief, Parker. Uh, who is, uh, after being double-crossed and left for dead, he sees his hunt for revenge bring with it a shot at the biggest heist of his career. Oh. Now, but even with the help of his partner, actor Lash Khan artist Grofield, who is played by Lakeith Stanfield, he'll still need to outsmart a South American uh, dictator. Now, the New York mob and the world's richest man, if he hopes to stay alive. Mm. Now, of course, this whole thing is based on Donald E. Westlake's Parker crime fiction novels written under the uh, Richard Stark. Now, um, the name Richard Stark. The film is the first project in the forthcoming Amazon MGM slate based on Westlake's work. Now, following the pact between the studio and Team Downey in 2022, which will also see titles adapted for television. So that's really exciting. Yeah, no, it sounds like, a, I mean, a cool movie. And, I mean, shit, that's a phenomenal cast. So I feel like that's going to be right? really good. Uh, let's head on over to Netflix. Hey, why doesn't Peltz just go to Netflix? He keeps referencing them all the time. Fucking let Ted take him. Come on. Just fucking go over there. Anyway. Uh, I am really excited about this one, though, because I jumped on this show, and I'm a huge fan of it. I love it how it's been done. I love the cast, everything. Production has officially begun on Netflix's The Lincoln Lawyer Season 3. 
Lee. Of course, series stars Manuel Garcia, Rulfo, Becky Newton, Jazz Raycoil, Angus Sampson, and Yaya DaCosta are all set to reprise their roles. Nev Campbell, Elliot Gould, Krista Warner, and Fiona Renee are also back, with Devin Gray, who appeared briefly in Season 2, being bumped up to a recurring this season. Uh, season 3 will consist, once again, of 10 episodes and will be based on the fifth book in the Lincoln Lawyer series by Michael Connolly, The Gods of Guilt. Now, season two of The Lincoln Lawyer premiered on July 6th of last year, quickly climbed up Netflix's global top 10 with a cumulative 40 million views as of August of uh, 29th of last year, reaching the top 10 in, get this, 81 different countries. It was in the top 10. Yeah, this thing's really good. If you haven't jumped on it yet, I don't know if you ever saw the movie with Matthew McConaughey. It was fantastic. It, I, I mean, so I was a little skeptical about the show because I'm like, mm, can you beat the Matthew McConaughey thing? It was really good. Right. But yes, it's actually better than the movie was. It's a really wow. great series. I, I, if you get a chance, I know you're on a bunch of stuff too, but if you get a chance, check it out. Well, I'm really, I'm in this weird phase where I'm like, you know, I'm not in much of a tv mood i'm more of in a movie mood so like i have this thing right now where like i'm trying to watch a movie a week at least um and then i write them down and put like you know five out of five three out of five whatever yeah but yeah i don't know why television i'm just not really into right now but i am really into the way home yes our guest next week is coming on to that's honestly one of the first tv shows that i've been actually like really attracted to recently yeah um so yeah season two kicks off i hope it's just a phase yeah season two kicks off tomorrow yeah sunday sunday yeah love it can't wait can't wait exactly exactly stay tuned for that interview guys stay tuned for that interview um now heading over to apple boom 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 uh, Isia Gonzalez is set to star opposite of John Krasinski and Natalie Portman in Apple's Fountain of Youth. Also starring John Krasinski, uh, D- D- Domino. Uh, sure. Gleason. Sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Domino Grayson, uh, Gleason and Natalie Portman. The film will be produced for Apple by Skydance, uh, Vincent Films and Project X Entertainment. As we told you on last week's show, the film was written by James Vanderbilt and follows the estranged siblings who partner on a global heist to find the mythological fountain of youth. They must use their knowledge of history to follow clues on an epic adventure that will change their lives forever Mm. and possibly lead to immortality. Uh, The project reunites Gonzalez and director Richie for the third time after recently wrapped production on their most recent collaboration, a new untitled action movie in which Gonzalez stars alongside Jake Gyllenhaal and Henry Cavill. Now, Gonzalez will also star opposite of Cavill in Guy Ritchie's upcoming uh, The Ministry of Ungentlemanly Wealth Warfare. That's a name. Um, which will release in theaters on April 19th. Wow. Now, the real question is, I don't know about you, but I don't think I would take advantage of immortality. I don't, I don't think I would want to. No? <laughs> no? I, I, no, I don't, I don't think so. <clears throat> I think, you know, uh, we're, we're living in the best time period. I feel like overall technology is amazing. Like things that are going on, there's more conversations about so many different topics than there ever has before um but yeah man i don't i don't think i would want to live forever that i feel like that would be a lot and then and then of course there's the argument that we do 
many people believe in reincarnation and that we come back. And yeah. so isn't that kind of, in a sense, immortality if we just keep coming back and, and reliving life? I mean, that's kind of right. like, uh, who knows, right? Like, th- honestly, we're only going to find out when we pass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, do we come back? Do we not come back? Do we go anywhere? Do we not go anywhere? You won't know until well, you pass. The thing is, like, if, if, if immortality was like that Blake Lively movie where, like, you stay the same age, yeah. maybe, maybe. But I'm not trying to be old as fuck, like, in year 3,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. moving around and still can't, you know, do all of these things. I would just... want immortality to be like Highlander where you, there can only be one eventually and you have yeah. to keep fighting and chopping everybody's head off so that you're the one. That's what I would want. I would want to be a badass warrior with a sword, cutting everybody's head off, who was also trying to be immortal. I'm like, no, bitch, there can only be one. Flop! <laughs> and that's funny because Cavill is going to be Highlander. So this guy's yeah. killing it, man. He's just like, and how about a Gonzalez? I mean, back to back films with Cavill? What? Yeah, like, man. okay, girl, that's go. You know? <laughs> Whatever, you know? Who knew we would get into a conversation about immortality? I mean, <laughs> you know. Knew? Hey, That's and so it all funny. leads back to the to the to the champions, the princes of the universe, the immortals, and Highlander. Mm. That's I'm just saying. Can you have That's a conversation it. about immortality and not talk about Highlander? No, no, you can't. can't I'm just saying you can't. It's just I, I I I I argue to anyone out there. Come at me with a conversation about immortality and not bring up Highlander. I'm just saying. This thing. I wonder if our guest, Callie Spragans, <laughs> would want to be immortal. I wish we would have asked her that question. Yeah, that's Man, a new one in a little twist, yeah, right? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. But, man, I'm super excited about this because she was an amazing guest. Like, the, the energy was amazing. I mean, the bubbliness, the go-getterness. And she's only 18 years old yeah. doing some amazing things with some amazing mentors behind her. So I'm really excited for everybody to hear this interview. Me too. And you know what? The, the one thing I'm really excited for all the listeners out there who are trying to break into the industry – she she didn't sugarcoat it. She was she was real about it. She was like it was frustrating. I wasn't getting anything. I thought I was gonna walk away from it, and then I would get a phone call, kind of a thing. I mean, she was ready to walk away because she was tired of yeah. auditioning and not getting anything, and she thought maybe it wasn't gonna be for her. And then boom. So I think that's really critical for people trying to break into the industry to listen to and see how she got through that, and and then does what she does, and like you said, now is all bubbly and happy and just killing it right now. So yeah, this is a really good interview. Oh man, oh man. Well, here she is, Kylie Spragans. Welcome inside the Crazy Ant Farm. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. We're living the dream as always, and we are super excited to talk to you. Uh, yeah, we are obviously going to talk about the show. Huge uh, congrats on the show. Uh, <laughs> we're going to kind of dive into it a little bit, but you know, not not a lot of streaming shows get as many seasons as you guys have gotten. So that that's a huge testament yeah. to the show. So we're going to dive into that a little bit, and obviously uh, talk about all kinds of stuff with your career and all that good stuff. Uh, in fact, that's where we kind of want to like just dive right in for the people that might not be familiar with you or, or uh, know you as of yet. How did you get started in the career? Did you always have that acting bug and know that was going to be it or did you kind of fall into it? How did it happen? I think every kid has their phase where they want to be on Disney Channel, have the wand and just be on TV. <laughs> yes. And my family just took it way more seriously than other families would. Um, I started with 
my cousin, he was an actor. So I just was very inspired by him, everything he had going on. So I got in contact with a few of his people and then they sent me more people and then they became my people. <laughs> so now I got a manager and an agent, amazing team. Um, and they just helped me get to where I am now. Oh, I love that. I love that because I mean, you're, you're seeing now at a young age, cause I know you've been doing it for a couple of years now, yeah. um, to have a good team around you, not only to push you and get you out there yeah. in front of more people, but to also have that good support system around you too. Right. You know, you said you had some family members yeah. that were involved as well. Yeah. So talk about that a little bit. How, how, how influential is your family and how supportive are they for your career? My family's hard on it. Like, I think they, they, they're they way more excited about this than me. Acting is something I do because it helps me feel like I have fun and it releases it. it like, releases anything I'm feeling just real good. But my family, this is something they take it very seriously. But they also make sure it's known, like, make sure that I know if I want to stop, I can stop. It's not, so, I don't have to do anything I don't want to do. They always, like, they are very, very, like, they're they're amazing. They're really good with it. They're very, they take the time out because um to film I have to go to California and I'm based in Chicago. That's where I live. Yeah. So my family like takes turns since I'm a minor. They have to take turns with me coming on set and flying out to California. So that's that's a lot for like my, my aunt, my cousin, my grandma, my mom, my dad, everybody. They take turns coming to a completely different state, pausing their life for months or weeks to come with me and help me pursue my dreams. So I couldn't ask for a better support system, especially with my team, my manager and my agent. Those, those are my family. I wouldn't even call them that. They're amazing. Uh, okay. I, I love every aspect of what you just said, you know, so much. I think we, we talk a lot about the actors themselves or people in the industry themselves. And we don't always talk enough about the sacrifices sometimes that the people around them make. Yeah. To, to support that dream. So I love that you brought that up and that you acknowledge that and that you understand mm -hmm. that, hey, they're making these sacrifices for me to do something that I want to do too. And I think that's a yeah. beautiful thing. I also love that at this young age, you understand the importance of the networking and it, because a lot of times it's not only what you know, it's who you know and that you know who your family is when you keep saying manager and, and, and agent and I love that. I love that you are paying attention to the networking and, and the importance of that exactly. side of the uh, – it, it also, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Thank you. Of, of course, of course. And I'm super excited to talk about the show as well, the Upshaws on Netflix, because your dad on the show is Mike Epps. And that is <laughs> yes. one of my all-time favorites. I'm originally from Indianapolis, 317 as well. So, like – I'm, it's one of my goals in 2024 to get him on the show. So I'm <laughs> super pumped to just have this conversation with you and maybe it'd be a little lead in. <laughs> um, but, you know, I feel like he's got such a good dynamic and such a good personality to play this character. So what's it like? I get this question so much. Like, And, and I, this is my favorite question. It's always, so what is it like working with Mike Epps and Kim Fields and Wanda Sykes? These are some of the most amazing people I have ever met in my entire life. I've never felt, I wouldn't say I've never felt comfortable in the industry. I've always been comfortable as one and with who I am. But mm -hmm. being growing up in Chicago, um, I'm a black, I'm African American, black girl. And so it's a little hard. But being around people like, oh my God, y'all. I wish I could, if I could just take you guys and take you guys to work with me, you guys would see, like, they treat me like we're family. It's just, a, it's just so regular. It's just 
they're just regular people. And then growing up, you know how you see people on TV. It's like, oh, they're famous. This is weird. This is a famous person. But once you get around them, they're just regular people. But they are so caring and so loving. And they treat me like one of their own. And those my, I ain't gonna lie. That's my family too. <laughs> I Mike Epps is one of the funniest people. He is one of the most funniest people in the world. And he's so authentic. Nothing about him is scripted and fake. Everything just comes so naturally. He is an amazing person. Um, and I love him. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay, so I'm a wee older, so I'm a big 2D fan, Kim Fields, like from different st- Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I just, you know, from the facts of life way back, I'm a huge fan. T- tell me Kim is just as awesome, too. Is, is she, she's just as I friendly. Write, and- I could write a book about Miss Kim. Oh, my God, that's really one of the most amazing human beings on earth. Literally, she is so humble and down to earth. And when it comes to advice or I need help, because you know she's been in the industry since she was a kid. Exactly. So it's really good. And then I start like I met her when I was fourteen. I'm about to be nineteen now. She's pretty much like I grew up with these people, and she's helped me from little like little heartbreaks, the family problems, to like if I'm stuck on a line or I need help. I'm like everything. She's just always there. She's an amazing person. Not just with me, with people. Period. All around set. That's just. Everybody knows Kim Fields. It's just like she's amazing. That's a great point, though, Everybody. because you know she she was. I mean, the, the first time I remember seeing Kim Fields, she was just itty bitty on Facts of Life. So like, exactly. so yeah. she you must be what a learning experience for you to be I mean, able to be on a set. Because right now I'm um I'm a senior in high school. I graduated mm-hmm. in June. So with the college situation and the working, it was nobody else to be around and get advice from what Kim Fields because she did it all. Yeah. So it's just, I'm in a good position. And she know a lot. Like, it comes back to the knowing people and having good connections, having friends in the right places because she knows people with the colleges I'm trying to go to so I, she can put a word in and then it just all works out for me. Yes, it does. <laughs> See, look at that. Look at that. And I mean, your talent is just evident every time you step Thank on you. screen in the show and everything else you've been in as well. And we've heard through the grapevine that Wanda Sykes really loves your talent and i mean let's talk about that a little bit the casting process and just oh that relationship you were able to build okay so what's crazy is when i got the role for the upshaws i was literally in the midst of quitting acting like i mm-hmm. was just done i was i started when i was 11 i got the role when i was 14 years old so it was three years into the career and everything mm-hmm. i understand the you get a lot of no's before you get yeses, but mind you, I'm in elementary school, middle school, so it's just like I'm still a kid, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I was done with it. And then it took away from my personal life and all the childhood experiences and parties and sleepovers because I was busy. So I'm just like, and then it was taking too long. So I'm just like, I, I need a break, y'all. Like, be realistic. I need a break. And I don't think this is something that I think it was a phase. So right when I was done, before I got done, my manager, she told me, like, okay, one more audition, one more audition, and then we're good. So I did I did two. I ended up doing an audition for Empire, and I did an audition for The Upshots. Mm-hmm. So I did the audition in September, and then I got the role in December. It was mm-hmm. amazing. I was so, my whole family, like, they surprised me at home, and they told me about it. Everybody was crying. They were drunk before I got there. And they, were just, <laughs> they, were so, they were so excited, and I was just. When they told me, I guess they thought I was going to cry. And I'm just happy, you know. And I'm, I was like, what are y'all crying for? <laughs> I'm like, this is just the beginning of everything. So, yeah, it's a lot more tears that you guys need to be saving. So, the casting part, when I got to work, I, I got to um, flown out to California in um, January. Mm-hmm. It was, I never got, I, I, 
I don't get starstruck. I don't get nervous. I'm really confident in myself and I'm just a bubbly person. But once I got to my first table read with the cast, I'm walking up the stairs to the room. I'm like, I told my auntie, like, something doesn't feel right. My stomach hurts. I'm getting like, I'm lightheaded. She was like, yeah, you're nervous. I had to go in the bathroom and take a deep breath and get myself together because I really almost like, I couldn't, this has been my dream since I was a little girl. And mm-hmm. I'm about to walk in a room full of, full of amazing icons. So as I'm walking back up the stairs to the table read with everybody, Miss Wanda is coming up the stairs. So I'm finna do I'm taking a deep breath. I'm like, okay, hi, how you doing? I said, my name's Kylie Spragus. And she was like, oh, I know who you are. I picked you for this role. I said, oh. Mm. <laughs> oh, well, okay, well, it's nice to meet you. And thank mm-hmm. you very much. And, and Miss Wanda, oh my God, she's a sweetheart. She's amazing. She makes me feel, if anything, she gives me so much reassurance. She always lets me know that I'm doing an amazing job and I'm a natural and it just comes. If I feel like I've done something wrong, she would tell she tell me I'm okay. And she also takes my, like, it, she she lets me pitch in ideas. Mm-hmm. She takes my ideas into consideration. She doesn't just listen to anything I have to say and let it go out the other ear. Mm. If I feel like with my character, she lets me be myself and make the character myself. So she always asks me, like, are you comfortable dressing like this? Do you think Aaliyah should do this or say this? What would be in her room? All type of stuff. So it's like Aaliyah is really me. So Ms. Wanda has really made me one with my character. She's an amazing person. Wow. Wow. That, that, uh, that's incredible. And, and I want to go, cause you brought it up and I, I, just something that Logan touched on with your just talent and, and the, and the, and the just natural talent and flow that you have. I first remember seeing you on empire. That's where I saw you and, and to play young cookie, no easy task. I mean that is yeah. like a a hardcore character, and to be and and Taraji has done such a job of that's Cookie. So then you you yeah. have to go. How do I now that this character is so established as this person? I'm gonna play her early, but I've got to make it you know Cookie early. What you did? Talk about that a little bit. Did how did you approach that? How did you go? Okay, I've got to make this cookie before all the trauma, before all the she's just getting into it. How did you approach that? Because that was incredible. So it's an amazing question. So before any role I get or any script I get or audition I go to, I always look at the script, I read it, and then I'm very my I have been, like my life is very adventurous i've been it's, it's just all over the world i ain't gonna lie it's like it's living right now but it's, so many things are happening at once and even growing up everything has just been it's eventful so i always try to find a, a situation with myself or in my life that i could relate to to the script so i could put myself in that character's shoes mm-hmm. and then build that character from me if you could if you understand what i'm totally cookie mm-hmm. i like growing, growing out I, I watched empire probably had no business watching it but i watched <laughs> empire growing up so i knew who she was and i knew how taraji has carried herself and made her character made cookie her mm-hmm. so all i did was make the young cookie me if because mm. at it young cookie is cookie but it's cookie before anything else exactly so is before all the music and she met uh, Lucian and got super famous and had kids. So it was her before she was herself. So pretty much I looked at it is I looked at it at like I was making cookie for the first time. Mm-hmm. So I just had to. It was I, I watched a couple episodes, a couple more episodes to get the groove with it. Um, and then I, I'm the oldest sibling. 
I always looked after my younger siblings and helped us my like get them ready for school, yelling at them, getting them ready for lunch. So it's like I could relate to it. So what I did, I just made I make my character me. Totally love that. Yeah, that that's so epic too because I, you are such a bubbly person. You're so like energetic, and that's what we need in film and television right now because we need that energy. I mean, I I can feel your energy just through this computer screen. It's crazy. <laughs> um, but I mean, Thank you. being originally from Chicago, do you see yourself ever moving out to a New York or a Los Angeles for permanent stay? So right now, the situation is. Like I said, I'm a senior in high school, so right. I'm about to graduate and go to college. I want to go to college for pre-law. I want to pursue acting with like, with my education, like mix it, because I'm right. pretty much learning. I'm pretty much learning the basics, everything that I'm, I'll be learning in college for acting on set mm-hmm. at work. If you so, that's just killing two birds with one stone. You know, like I don't want to waste my one time on one thing and do both. And then being a lawyer is also something I've also been passionate about ever since I was a little kid. Because I have a voice and I think it needs to be heard, whether it's through television or whether it's through helping people. So if I end up liking college, I think I might end up moving to Atlanta and be Atlanta based and then just go. work from there with my acting and everything. But if not, um, I'm not going to if I don't go like college after my first year, I'm going to stay in Chicago and then mm-hmm. just do what I've been doing. Been Chicago based and working through California because I, me personally, even my family could tell you, I'm not ready to go to a different state by myself. <laughs> I ain't got time about it. Smart enough to know. That's too much. Yeah, that's even. That, yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. Um. I could be like, if I moved out, if I moved out in Chicago, I would move to an apartment across the street from my grandma's house <laughs> because I'm not ready to be by myself. Yeah. So, uh, law. Where, where do you see yourself? With law, what do you want to do with law? Do you want to be a public defender? Do you want to be... Uh, right. So, I don't know. I think it's between the criminal justice system or I want to work with the entertainment industry, go somewhere where I'm familiar mm-hmm. with. Yeah. Because like, I, I love... The, I watched the Johnny Depp versus the Amber Heard case um, on Netflix, and I, the whole situation is just like, you know, it was just mm-hmm. like insane. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, it's to be there, to be there. And, to, and I know both sides point of view because mm-hmm. i'm behind the camera i'm behind the camera and i'm in front of it so that would be i think that would be something that would be awesome yeah oh yeah, yeah for sure and i mean it's got me curious too because there's so many procedural shows that are out there so is there any like do you watch suits do you watch pearson do you watch like any of these things um uh, but no i really watch just criminal minds i'm in love with criminal minds <laughs> yeah i watch i watch like Chicago PD and Station 19. I watch firefighters, doctors, mm-hmm. and police officers. But, but like, FBI-wise and lawyers-wise, I watch a lot of Criminal Minds and Law and Order. Yes. There you go. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with Law and Order. And Criminal Minds was huge. I, I'm yeah. glad they brought that revival back and kind of kept the story going. Yeah. So that's done really well. You mm-hmm. see yourself, you want you want to play in that? You want to do a role in one of those? Because I think you'd just kill it in one of those. Wanna, yes, I want to do a role. In Criminal Minds, I want to do a role in um, Station 19. It's a firefighter show. I love it. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I also want to do, I want to play a role of a supernatural character. I, I'm in love with vampires, Ooh. and I want to be a vampire. <laughs> so that, okay. that's something I'm interested in. Uh, I mean, they, they got to that happen. They got to make it happen. Everybody everybody out there listening, we got to put her in one of these things. Okay? That's right. We got to do yes. it. <laughs> well, in 2024, we have started this new thing with our guests, and we've kind of... We find it kind of fun because, you know, they're they're lighthearted questions and they get 
you know, the audience to get to know you a little bit better. Um, so we have some popcorn questions for you. And the, they're not hard, I promise you. We, we made sure they're not hard thinkers. Um, the first one is, what is the funniest moment or most memorable moment on set, uh, specifically for the Upshaws, the one you're on here promoting? Um. Oh, my God, that's so hard. That is a hard question <laughs> because it's funny every day. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I'd say the most memorable moment. And this is a recurring moment because we do live audience shows. Mm -hmm. I'd say the the best moment is when we're doing curtain call and when we call and they call everybody names and who character they play. Like Kylie Spragans, the role of the Lee Show, and I run out and I see the crowd and I wave and everybody just clapping and I love attention. So I just love that. <laughs> That's my favorite part of the entire show. Oh my gosh, that's a good part. That's a really good part. All right, th yeah, this one, this one, I hope is not as hard, but uh, but I'm really curious now because of all the stuff that you've brought up and the things that you're interested in and the things you like to play. If you mm -hmm. could live in any movie, what movie would you live in and why? Um, I live. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I live in the Vampire Diaries. Because, <laughs> because first of all, I just think they be all over the place. And if I was there, I could. If I was there, I could give the like. They need to get it together. They they don't use common sense. They just do anything. And that's one reason why. And another reason why is because I I make one of them turn me into a vampire as soon as I get there, and then I'm just there forever. Then you're good. <laughs> oh, you're there set. you go. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, that's so funny. Well, I mean, you were already talking about it. You've worked with a lot of icons already early on in your career. But if there's that one person, who would be that one person that you still want to work with? I want to work with Zendaya and Denzel Washington. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, wow. Got some heavy hitters on the list. Man. Heavy hitters. I've been in love with Zendaya and her work since I was a little girl. Being where, like, first of all, we're both, we're both black. Oh mm -hmm. my God, I love Zendaya. I she she's just such an icon, and she represents us so well. She's mm. a walking image. Is to be able to. I don't think. I think that would be my breaking point if I work with Zendaya. Because how do you just hang with her every single day, and go to work with her every single day, knowing the type of person she is and the difference she's made? She's an amazing person. Mm -hmm. And Zendaya, Denzel Washington. I watch. Um, it's this movie called Fences. I watched it for a school mm -hmm. project. Yes. And it, him and Viola Davis. That was that was some of the best acting I've ever seen in my life. And I have yeah. a, that's just that's why. Yeah. Man. Well, you know, and, and it's funny because you said, you know, that, yeah, you know, every big, every kid wants to be a Disney kid and kind of, and that's so the path she took. She was literally a Disney kid. And, and now yes. like, like Oscar nominated, like, like, uh, you know, award nominated actress. It's like you sprung oh off of Disney and have just become this epic. It's so hard for kids in Disney to branch out after they've been yes. on there for a couple of years. Zendaya yeah. was on there from the time she was yay high to my to 18 to my yeah. age yeah and, mm -hmm. and she the, the fact that she's not stuck and she's still expanding her genres and doing everything from spider-man to euphoria to uh oh my god everything yeah and i, I met um her nominates for her to be getting grammys emmys nominations she won the naacp award so i was nominated for naacp you last were. year which was amazing and and my first time and i got invited to the luncheon and the award show so I'm so excited to see everybody, but it's Zendaya is my go-to. 
So right. I'm, so we're at the award show and I see her on stage. She was doing the um award nomination. And I'm just like, this can't be real right now. And like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't blame you, man. I mean, just to be around those type of people. Last year, we went out for it. We went out to Hollywood for a charity event, and it was by far the biggest room we have ever been. And there was yeah. like people from like the Big Bang Theory and people from all of these different things that we've idolized so much throughout our careers. And we're like, holy crap! Like yes. it, to be able to like bounce around is insane. I walk. I work like on the set, um, the stage that we work on. The stage I work on stage four, like stage numbers and everything. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's stage three, and that ninety show is filmed right there. Ooh, there you go. Nice. It, and I'm just like, there's no way. Like I could just walk out. I could see anybody. I remember one time I was walking on set, and Viola Davis walked right past me, and I'm just like, <laughs> oh. hold on. I'm just like, hold on. But my job is like 14 years old. This is my first time on set. I'm, I'm, I'm in my, my head's in my phone. I'm just not paying anybody no attention. And my auntie said. You know who just walked past you, right? I'm just like, nah. I'm like, nah. You can see it. You got to keep your eye in my head and my phone since then. You can see anybody. Right. Yeah. You can see anybody around there. It, it's just amazing. And you know what, I, though, it, it, that makes me go back to all the way towards the beginning when, when you said, because we have found this to be true as well, that once you get to know them, they're just normal people. Right, like, 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 like you, you, you're that awestruck at first, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, that's such and such." But then you get to know them, and you're just like, "Oh yeah, that's Viola," <laughs> or that's yeah. who, you know. I, I can't, I can't finish. I can't do this interview without giving him a shout out. Shout out to Jermail Simon. He plays Bernard Upshaw, um, Junior on the show. He plays my big brother, and he is a normal. That's my big brother. Yes, that, that's my big brother for real. Like I'm, like I said, I'm the oldest, so I don't have any older siblings. And he has taken upon the role of being my big brother in my real in real life. He helped me pick out my prom dress for prom. He gives me advice. We sit and talk. I eat lunch with him. I call him all the time. I have a group chat with him and Miss Kim, telling him all my business because I'm <laughs> I'm I'm doing my teenage problems. I need somebody to talk to, and y'all got to listen to it. So he, all these people, I wish you guys could experience it. I swear, if this was something, this is just something that makes me feel whole as a person acting comes with mm -hmm. so much but it's so worth it i love my job i love my people i just love everything <laughs> <laughs> that's so awesome though because you are very positive and you are very you know motivated and put together because mm -hmm. i feel like you know we've we've interviewed a lot of people and we've seen a lot of people through the trades and social media and things like that and they they their lives are wild but not put together but your life is wild and put together so you're doing great <laughs> you're not doing gonna, great not gonna, not gonna lie um being where i'm from and living living the lifestyle i'm trying to live Mm -hmm. Is a little is a little rough, yeah. And then growing uh, growing up the way I did, being raised the way I did, um. So it was, it's it's complicated, but the, I think the one thing that keeps me going every single day is the knowing that eventually everything is gonna work out how it's supposed to, and I'm gonna get mm -hmm. to where I need to be. I set goals, and they get there. My goal was to be on Netflix on TV by 16. I was <laughs> on there by 14, so it was. Look amazing. at you. It was amazing. So my new goal before 21 is to be in a motion picture in theaters. And I'm, I turned 18. I mean, I just turned 18 last September. So I'm about to turn 19. So I got a couple of years and it's going to happen. So the, mm -hmm. I think the most thing from good thing I need to know for myself and that I need to keep in mind is it's one day at a time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can tell you we're already going to start manifesting your motion picture role with Zendaya. <laughs> yes. We're going to make your motion happen. picture I'm with Zendaya. Gonna, 
mark my words, you guys, and this and this um interview is gonna go viral in a couple of years. I'm right. gonna be in motion picture with Zendaya, and I'm not walk. I believe it. Oh, I believe me. it. We're, we're, we'll bring it back up. We'll cut that little sound clip and we'll be like, hey, remember when she said this? Exactly. Like, <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, we got uh, exactly, exactly. We uh, we got two more questions for you on the popcorn questions. The okay. fourth one is what's your morning routine? Because you, I feel like you are very organized. So what's your morning routine to get you going? Okay, so I'll tell you my morning routine for when I'm working. There you go. Um, so in California, I have my own apartment, my family mm-hmm. members. So usually, not now, I don't have to do it anymore because I'm a senior and I don't need a work permit. But usually, right. I was a minor, I had to do school. So mm-hmm. I had to be at work at like 7 o'clock. So I wake mm-hmm. up at 6. If I, I take a shower the night before, I wake up at 6.30, just wash my face, brush my teeth, I get my clothes out, and I put my clothes on. I don't eat, I can't eat too early because it's just mm-hmm. too much. So then I go to work. Mm-hmm. When I go to work, um, they have a crafty little area with food. I get breakfast. I get the same thing every morning. I get a box of bacon with some syrup, pineapples, and a water bottle. I get my breakfast. I go to school. I have to do three hours of school every day. It's literally the law um, Mm because I was a minor. So then once I do my three hours of school, then I get straight to work. And then work, home, repeat. (laughs) <laughs> there you go yeah there you yeah. go i love it i mean it's always good too because like i said we interview a lot of people and the podcast is for up-and-comers trying to break into it so i always try to figure out ways to ask our guests like how can they put something that you're doing into their normal routine to where yeah. they can start gaining momentum you know people make people make it so complicated i'm telling you once i started living my life one day at a time and stop mm-hmm. focusing on Oh my God, what if this doesn't happen or what this doesn't happen or this happened or why did I do that? Or it, it made everything so much easier. Stop focusing on the past and the future and focus on the present. That's right. Live in the present because what's meant to be is going to be and it doesn't matter exactly. how you, you know, what's going to happen is going to happen. Exactly. And, and patience. People need a lot of patience. I don't have any patience either. I'm not just, just period. I don't have it. <laughs> I don't have it. That's why I wanted to quit and I always want to quit every time I, it takes too long for audition to come where I, I'm very impatient, but that's something everybody as collective mm-hmm. needs to work on. For sure. Which leads to the last question, and I think we know the answer to this because you've kind of hinted at it throughout, but are you happy with where your career is so far? Um, I mean, I'm proud of myself. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud of myself. I think that I'm very blessed. Everything came. It was a really smooth Honestly, it was a really smooth transition to where I am now. It was really smooth acting-wise with the job-wise, but growing up and the stuff that came with it and the experiences and the, and the losses, and like it's, I think that was a bit challenging. And I think that everything could have been handled differently. And if it was handled differently, I could have been way farther than I am right now. So mm-hmm. I think I'm okay with, I'm proud of myself. I'm okay where I'm, where I'm at, but I know I could be so much farther. If I just mm-hmm. get everything together, like it's together and it'll always look together to people on the outside. But I know what could be done differently and how it could be, how it could affect me. So I, I'm proud of myself, but I'm, I think I could be way farther and I will get there too. So. Don't be so hard on yourself. And that's something I'm working on myself as well. I'm a perfectionist. Um, so I, I get it. Don't be so hard on yourself. Take it one day at a time, like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And you'll go far. I mean, we see the potential that you have. I mean, with the stuff you've already done and just the type of per you're a people person. So I feel like you're able to talk to anybody and people love that. So yeah. 
just be patient. And I know that's hard, but when you get in that room, you're going to kill it every single time. And, Thank you. So much. And I want to share something with you too, because we've, we've had a lot of guests and, and I'm not even going to lie to you. Some of them big, big, like Oscar winner, Golden Globe mm-hmm. winners. And we've had some people who have won major awards and have now pretty significant careers. And I want to share something that they've said to us numerous times because I feel like this is good advice for you to hear because I think with your natural talent, this is probably something that has happened that you might not be aware of. These people told us that they were rejected, got the nose over and over and over and over and over and over and over. But the reality of the situation was they were always a yes. They were put into a drawer and held for the role that was for them. And when they got that role, they were told by those casting directors, it was never a no. It was always a yes. We were waiting for the right role for you. And I think that's going to be you. You said early on you got a lot of no's. I'm betting you went in a lot of drawers that were a yes, but this isn't the role. We need that role for her. And I see that for you. I I know that's coming. Maybe that's the movie with Zendaya. I I don't know. But I feel like those casting directors that were the technical – no, we're really yes, and we've got to find the role, and and, and that's going to be you. That's going to so stick with it. I, I feel that truly. I feel that you're a natural, and I think they know that, and it's coming. It's coming. Thank you so much. You're very of welcome. Course, of course. Well, we always have to plug the social media at the end of our interviews because it's all about yeah. social media. We want to let people know where to follow you. So where can they follow you? Um, you guys can follow me on Instagram at I am Kylie Spragan. And then on TikTok, you can follow me at underscore Kylie Renee. Renee is my middle name. It's <laughs> after my grandma, my best friend. Oh, there you go. Perfect. Fantastic. Then. I love that. I love that. Well, listen, take care. Thank you again so much. So this has much. been an amazing conversation. And I I would love to work with you one day. We're filmmakers ourselves. Um, we have projects in development yeah. that we're writing. I have projects and, in development that I'm working look on. Look at you. Yes. To and get something happening. There you go. Uh, I feel like a collaboration is meant to be. We're going to get there. It's going to yeah. be awesome. <laughs> Well, listen, take care. Thank you again so much, and we'll be talking to you soon. Thank you. Whew, boy. Yeah, like I said, talk about someone who can just take over and basically do our job for us. I mean, she is a bundle of energy just, like, ready to explode. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So you can just see it. She's got such enthusiasm. But you know what I really liked about that interview, though? She was not shy about saying, hey, there are some struggles. This isn't always oh, yeah. an easy thing and you have to make sacrifices and sometimes it doesn't work the way you want to and you got to be grateful for it and you got to and I think somebody that young that understands so much so quickly about what it is and don't sugarcoat that sometimes it's hard and, and right. you know kind of thing uh, that's just going to take her so far. You couple that with that energy and that enthusiasm, but also knowing that sometimes you're going to run into some obstacles and some walls. That's just like invaluable for anybody trying to get into the industry to understand that that stuff happens. It's part of it and you're going to have to roll with it. And man, I just, I really appreciated the honesty that she just put out there. It, it was great. Yeah, completely agree, man. Completely agree. And I mean, like we said, just someone who knows how to carry themselves very well. And we can't thank them enough one more time for coming on the show. All right. Now it is time for our top five segment, man. And I feel like this one only makes sense. I feel like, you know, 
every once in a while, especially with new shows coming into the rotation and new movies, um, this this list is always changing. I feel like all of our lists are always changing. That's why, you know, for doing this show for seven years, sometimes top fives come back up because our lists are always intertwining. Um, but this week it is top five TV series ensemble cast. And man, oh man, this one was very difficult because I feel like now a lot of TV shows have ensemble casts. It's not about a main character anymore. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and yeah, this one might be a little confusing because I think that a lot of these that are on this list, we listed as our favorite TV shows. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, but now we're focused directly on the cast, which could explain why we thought they were our favorite TV shows. But, you know, because we love the fucking casts. And now you're going to find out what we're talking about, you know? This is a good one, yeah, though. This is a fun sure. one. I love the list, I though. Think- I was looking at the 10 and I'm like, fuck, those are really good casts. Like, right? Shit. Completely agree. Completely agree. I don't know about you, but for my number five, because your number five and my number five, we talked about a lot. So that's why I put it all the way down. Um, but I, as far as like storylines and everything like that, I mean, it makes sense in the order that it went. Um, but my number five goes to, of course, Friends. There's no other six individuals that have such an amazing dynamic on screen than Lisa Kudrow, um, Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> Let's. I. It's hard to do this on the spot. I know. Courtney, Courtney Cox, Cox. There you Matthew go. Matthew Perry, uh, Matt LeBlanc, and David Swimmer. There we go. Um, but yeah, I mean, they are absolutely amazing, and I mean that dynamic is something that's so special. And we obviously saw the memorial segment for Matthew Perry at the Emmys, which was awesome. I love that he was the last one. Yeah. Um, a lot of people were really happy with that, and. Um, I guess there was talks about having like a friends skit just like there was other shows. Yeah, the reunion of, yeah. 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 With Matthew Pass, and I don't blame them for not doing that. Um, But yeah, number five for me because it's an amazing show. And uh, yeah, friends, man. Friends. And it's funny because we're going to kind of flip flop this because I would argue that there is another show that had a core group of six that had the chemistry and the dynamic as much as Friends did. And you would think we would flip-flop because Friends came out when I was young and mine came out when you were young and kind of like, wait, aren't they, shouldn't they flip-flop those? But here we go. My number five is The Big Bang Theory, which of course I think had a stellar six characters again that just gelled. And I'm going to be honest with you. Each one of them played their roles perfectly, and I'm going to tell you that not even Friends did this. The Big Bang, and I've had a lot of comedies that I really enjoyed, that I really liked. There's a lot of great comedies out there, but this particular cast, this particular show is literally the only show that no matter when I watch it, what episode it is, it always makes me laugh out loud there is a joke or a moment that makes me laugh out loud i cannot watch this show without having it happen um and and, and that's a huge testament to that cast uh and, and i mean it's just it's an amazing amazing group of people and what they were able to pull off you know 
I don't know. Maybe I gravitate to this one so much because it's a bunch of you know comic book geeks and and you know yeah and that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, I might not be the science nerds that they were, but I'm all in on the comic geeks that they were. I'm wearing the the comic book shirts and I'm in, I'm doing the goofy talk and looking for mint condition things in the comic shop and I have the statues and I mean, fuck, Batman's right back there. I'm them. So I was like, I really kind of gravitated to that and and I don't know. I just loved it, man. That what a what a show the big bang theory definitely had a kick-ass ensemble cast for sure man for sure and yeah for friends for me i feel like you know that whole show is built off of sarcasm sure and i mean i'm a very sarcastic person <laughs> so i feel like that went it's true co- coincided hand in hand so it's it true makes sense um number four for me is actually one that i'm still trying to get through right now um i finished the first season and luckily there's only four but this freaking cast is amazing oh without the way doubt they are able to take shots i mean obviously with the emmys and critic choice um succession uh this family is absolutely wild like even watching the award show with emily she was like what is succession about and i told her and she was like "Ooh, that might be good and i was like i know you should watch it with me oh it's um, totally yeah, twisted like, the the amount of like these people are all supposed to be family members, but they do not care. They are coming at each other's throats and trying to one-up everybody, especially when, like, all of them have their vices. All of them are shady. All of them are, like, really not good people. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, they're they're not. Like, it's, it's an amazing cast, and the way they're able to do it uh, is awesome. So yeah, number four for me is Succession. Uh, yeah, we, listen, my number four, it it could have been the one I listed. It could have been Succession. It could have been Billions. I feel like they all are within that realm. They all kind of fit the same format. They all kind of fit the same drive. The characters, the the the, the storyline, and everything. So I chose this one, but I want to honorable mention Billions, and I'm right there with Succession as well. I, I I'm totally right there. But my number four, the one I went with suits i i just i i can't get enough of this show it, it it's the the back and forth between mike and harvey you know the old and the young the learning and teaching from each other and 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 then who doesn't want a donna in life who hasn't had a fucking lewis in life that's just like you know the most annoying motherfucker ever but you love him anyway kind of a thing i mean this cast was freaking awesome i mean Towards the end when they mixed and matched and we had some people leave and some people come in and everything. But overall, for the majority of the show, this cast was on fire. And the chemistry between them and, and you know, it was just – it was a dynamic that I really gravitated to. I, even though they weren't related, for some reason when I'm watching Suits, I always kind of envision myself and my little brother. And that dynamic that we had, and I, that's that Mike and Harvey dynamic that they have, and I've always kind of felt that. And now that you and I have, uh, I mean, they're a strong influence on the series that we're writing and that dynamic and how that is. Um, so it's just a brilliant show, and it was like it was so amazing to see them back on the Golden Globes as announcers, and they're all there, you know, Jessica and Donna and Mike and Harvey, and like it was so fucking good. It was so fucking good to see them all again. Um, and I hope. I hope that the truth about all of them being willing to come back for a reboot would is is true because I think that would be much better than this offspring that they're trying to do. <laughs> Just bring them back. Although Gar- Gabrielle Mock made it perfectly clear that it's going to take a lot of money. 
They asked him flat out, if we do a reboot or a movie based on Suits, how do you think that would go? He said, I think it's going to go really well, but it's going to cost a lot of money. <laughs> My man is like, you got to pay Harvey to come back. <laughs> <It's> like, yeah. <laughs> but I love it. I hope it happens because it's a great cast and a great dynamic. My number four, Suits. For sure, for sure. Well, number three for both of us goes to This Is Us. And I don't know about you, but This Is Us, I feel like every single character, every single episode, one, not only do you cry every single episode, but you can relate to every single character every single episode. Yeah. Or at least one of the characters every single episode. Because, I mean, you see, it's just so centered. Obviously, it's about real life and all of these different siblings who are going through different things um, financially through the job market and personal lives and all of these different things. And you just connect with it so hardcore. And I mean, an amazing cast, the big three, like nobody can ever replace them. Like, I mean, when I see these actors, like I see them as their characters on this is us. And I think that's what you're supposed to do. But even now, like that, the show is over. It's kind of weird. Even when seeing Mandy Moore on, like, a Dr. Death, it's kind yeah. of like, what? You're supposed to be having Alzheimer's and, like, dying. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's fine. But, yeah, I mean, this is us. It's one of the best shows I've ever seen. Well, a credit to the storytelling and the way they did it because now everybody's trying to copy it where you're bouncing back and forth on the timelines and everything. Yeah. It, it was so creatively done and done so well that everybody now wants to kind of jump on that bandwagon, and that's a credit to them and how it was pulled off. And, you know, you it's funny you say the big three but since we're talking about cast it's the big nine all three actors of all three generations that were shown were fucking yeah. brilliant they were the kids in no matter what age they were of the big three were all stellar and um mm -hmm. and that's a huge credit because they were able to pull off mannerisms and movements and and dialect and and how they did that and maintained that through all of the different actors, it was just brilliant. It was, it was really solid. So, yeah, that whole cast, no matter what era you were in, was just incredible. And, and a kudos to the casting director on that. Kudos to everybody involved with that because that's not an easy thing to do to keep it consistent. And to keep throughout all the generations, you know, and to have the actors so spot on, it, it, it was an amazing thing to watch. So, yeah, this is us, man. One of the greatest shows ever, probably. I mean, honestly. Yeah, completely agree, man. Completely agree. The consistency and bringing it all back around because sometimes when you do the time jumps, they they don't – sometimes they didn't go back to the time jumps back-to-back -back episodes or they would introduce something new that you're like, what the hell? I'm so confused. Who yeah. is this person? Like I, it, it was so good and they did it so well. So, yeah, this is us for both of us at number three. Um, but number two for me goes to One Tree Hill. Mm. I'm currently on the second to last season, so I'm so close to being finished with all nine seasons. And I must say I am – very impressed with this ensemble cast because towards the later years after season six i believe you do introduce new characters because you do have some people leave because of you know behind the scenes stuff that happened and that happened a lot in that day and age um but with the new characters i still feel like 
you know, I I am as close to them as I was to the original characters. And I wanted to put them on there because I felt like the writing was so good to where you still have that connection to the new characters that you had to the original. Um, and the storylines interwine so beautifully and the way that the new characters interact with the old characters, even when like, you know, they're not in relationships, but they're just in the overall friend group is very well done and very appreciated. So yeah, One Tree Hill is amazing, but I'm going to say it, this second to last season bullshit with the theme song, they're doing like remixes to the theme song. <laughs> it's fucking awful. Okay. The original theme song is amazing. Gavin DeGraw did great. So why are you remixing it? There's like one or two that I've seen that are okay, but the rest of them are so <coughs> weird. So I mean, I can't say stop doing it because the show came out 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah. But it's just so bad. I wanted to put that on record. It's so freaking bad. But anyway, my number two, One Tree Hill. And, you know, you're right, though. It happened a lot back then because I think the creators of these shows were bouncing from show to show and the focus wasn't there. And so things behind the scenes weren't always kind of smooth, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, it's hilarious. Uh, I just had a great conversation with Autumn Reeser from the OC talking about that. When she came in, it was her big breakthrough. It was her dream come true. She's living the dream. But the majority of the cast hated it. They were ready to move on. They're like, I want to do a movie career. I fucking don't want to be on this show anymore. And I was like, how does it feel to come in and you're happy and exuberant and everybody around you is like, I don't even fucking want to be here anymore. Like right. that had to be. So it's it's weird though that, like you said, in that time though, you were seeing a lot of that behind the scenes on a lot of those shows. So it's an interesting dynamic. And um, yeah. Teen drama, man. It was some real shit drama right. going on behind the scenes. Yeah. But I mean, whatever. Just great stuff, man. Great stuff. All right. My number two, I'm just going to say it. Probably the greatest family drama that's ever been on television. And the fact that I say that it's the greatest family drama that was ever been on television, it was based on a comedy. With Steve Martin. <clears throat> like, it was a comedy. It was uh, The film was a comedy that it's based on. But they turned it into a drama for television. And holy shit, did they knock it out of the fucking park with this one. I'm talking about parenthood. And there is not a single member of that cast that was not stellar in every single performance, on every single show, in every single episode. This thing had you feeling every emotion in every way on every episode. And I have yet to see a show match it, family drama-wise, to match that. Um, you went through everything with this family. Everything with the Bravermans. And you were feeling every second of it. And... and even after like season three, where when you knew what was coming, you knew where it was going and how it was going to end, you still were there. You still felt it. You were still hoping beyond hope that wasn't where it was going, that it can't be that. It can't end like that. Um, Lauren Graham, we've talked about this numerous times, one of the single greatest actresses of our time, maybe of all time, um, and one of the severely most underrated actresses of all time. Her best performance by a landslide. I'm just going to... I loved her on Gilmore Girls. I love her in everything she's ever been on. But this show, for me, was everything. It just... I connected to her on that show so much. And, and I mean, just... Uh, yeah. 
All of them. Craig T. Nelson and Bonnie Bonilla and Monica Potter and just and, and, and Kraus and I mean Dax Shepard. Fuck. Michael B. Jordan. Like there were so many people on that show that came through that show. Jason Ritter, our buddy Jason. Like so many people. Ray Romano was fucking on that show. The the cast was incredible. I just I'm crying right now. Every time I think about that show, it makes me cry. I was all in a ball on the floor in a fetal position, just in a puddle of my own tears on the last episode. I, yeah. I just I could not get past the last episode. I was just like, oh. And um, yeah, parenthood. If you I highly say if you have not ever watched this show, go find it on Peacock. Get a box of tissue for every fucking episode and go. Because you're going to fucking love this show. It, I, I, you can't not love this show. Parenthood. Completely agree. Completely agree. And if you watch the pilot, Lauren Graham is not the character. It's a completely different actress. But I'm so glad that from the pilot to the regular season, they made that change and she did adapt to that role. Because, well, I mean, let's be honest about it. She is playing Lorelai, but just in a different type of way. Yeah, no. Like. So it's a, it's amazing. It's in a, like a, a sibling type of way, and not it's, a single child. It's the fate of the universe doing what it does. Because the reason that even happened is because the actress that was originally playing the role, Maura Tierney, got breast cancer. And had yeah. to pull out for that for medical reasons. And it was like an emergency recasting. But then as we know, Moira went on to star in, in all kinds of other stuff afterwards. And yeah. it, like there was no misjump. Nobody's career suffered. No kind of a thing. But it's just odd how sometimes shit happens and it's the right time at the right moment. And boom, you know. Boom. Um, yeah. But yeah, just crazy. Crazy. It really is, man. It really is. Number one really could have been your number one, but I didn't want to repeat what you <laughs> were going to put. Yeah, because, yeah. Like, it, it's literally the best thing ever. Oh, like, it's, uh, without, it so doubt, without doubt. Without uh, doubt. <laughs> but number one for me, because I will give this show credit, it has ran for an, a crazy long time, and it's won so many awards. But like, I will say for the first 14 seasons, it did amazing with the cast. Um, and, of course, it's in, like, season 20 now. But I'm talking about Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy, we give it a lot of shit sometimes because, yes, I do feel like it should probably go off the air. And there's only two originals left. But, I mean, what they were able to do for so long with so many of the original characters is honestly absolutely amazing. Um, the ensemble cast for this thing is wild like it's not it's not like on one hand it's like on two hands like the amount of people who are at series regulars and love triangles and like drama is absolutely insane because so many people came through that show so many guest stars so many uh regulars um like i mean scott foley freaking um what jeffrey d morgan yeah like old denny like, uh, <laughs> who wasn't crying with denny man come on fuck that storyline was just come on i would be remiss without saying patrick day j dim or patch dempsey the man the myth the legend yes yes the beautiful hair it's so great it's so great and our anyway and our buddy our friend our guest former guest michael o'neill who killed 
<laughs> the yeah. guy responsible for killing him like you know he didn't kill him he well didn't that's that true far. but but okay. but he didn't kill him. that's true but he did in a sense right because that was the beginning of the end for him on the show was it not i mean he lasted until episode or season 14 and that was probably like three seasons before but wasn't um, it that's so the I mean, like yeah, it was the kind of like the downfall kinda, right guess, sort of I like guess. yeah yeah so figuratively the death of because it did kind of yeah. start all the problems and the downfall of him so yeah, yeah what a great storyline I mean, it, though it's an amazing show and i mean yeah just amazing cast members everybody did so good um but yeah Grey's anatomy man number one i me. mean that's a great choice and it's so funny we talk about the teen drama and behind the scenes drama well it ain't just teens this show had a lot of behind the scenes drama going on and and a lot of people trying to get a lot of people fired and a lot of racist stuff and a lot of homophobic stuff and a lot all this te- but the chemistry on screen you would have never fucking known any never of that known. was going on never they looked known. like they had been best friends for their whole lives and everything was go- i mean you would have never known um and so that's a a, a huge testament to the acting ability of these people because there was a yeah. whole lot going on behind the scenes early i think they got all that out of the way though they kind of did what they had to do there and and mend it and then move from it and um so kudos to shonda and all the gang behind the scenes working to fix that shit because it could have been a disaster but wasn't so um yeah just wow what a great one all right my number one probably maybe could be the greatest show ever on television I, it, sure. I just i mean and there has been so many but this one would be hard not to put in the list if not the top um and especially with the cast there's not a single member of this cast from start to finish even when you get all the way up to the other administration and the new president and all the ca- there is not a single bit of any of this cast from start to finish that wasn't stellar i'm of course talking about the west wing the West Wing that made everybody on that show a household name. Before. Let's be honest about it, right? It was only Martin Sheen. Most people going in had no idea who these other actors were, uh, right? Like, like, like Allison B. Janney and, and Richard Schiff and, and like Bradford Whitley and like they had done some stuff, but mainly just guest appearances kind of things or what. Nobody really knew who they were. And by the time this show ended its run, they were fucking household names. Everybody knew who they were. They were all massive stars. They all have gone on to have huge careers. Um, but the West Wing, I mean, holy shit. What a cast. And talk about chemistry. The chemistry between that core group. I mean, between Bartlett and his crew. Holy shit. And then you talk about all the guest stars that came through that show that played different people in the cabinet or different dignitaries that would visit the White House or or competitors running against or uh, just so many huge names. Like, like, like uh, it's unreal. It was unreal. Um, I, yeah, I, it's hard-pressed to find a cast. And I don't know. Is it the acting ability of the cast was it the dialogue from Sorkin? Was it a combination of the both? I don't know, but this cast on this show, I don't I don't think you can beat it. I just don't think you can beat it. There's not a single scene that I can think of that I was like, oh, that could have been better. That wasn't very good. That, that wasn't like, – it's like every scene you're thinking this is the pr- – they still compare real-life 
candidates to Bartlett. That's how good Martin Sheen was cast as the fucking president. They have real-life candidates compared to Bartlett. Wasn't even a real president, y'all. Fuck, he wasn't even a real president. But, I mean, that's how good it was. And just like, holy shit, man. And don't you – I do. Every time I'm watching the real press secretary giving a thing behind the podium, I'm thinking of Allison B. Janney and CJ. Oh, yeah. I just want somebody to be as good as fucking CJ was. Like, that's all. I'm just, can we just have that be our real administration and come fix the fucking country, please? That would be amazing. That would be amazing. That's but anyway, my number one, the West Wing. What a fucking cast, man. What a cast. Did she used to go by Allison B. Janney? Yes, she did. Uh, okay, I was confused. I was like, how does this man know her middle name? No, like, Allison B. Janney. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah. That's how she's credited in almost everything. Yeah, Allison B. Janney. Yeah, I think you're right, though. I feel like all of a sudden she pulled like a Lawrence to Larry Fishburne. Yeah, because like, I feel like. Because it's Allison Janney like now. She's like that. But anymore, for the yeah. longest time, Allison B. Janney. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Interesting. I know. But anyway, guys, we want to know what is your top five or your favorite TV series ensemble cast. Be sure to comment below or message us on Twitter or any of the things because we love the fan interaction. We, we want to know because there's so many out there. So um, please, please do. Please do. But now we're heading over to the box office recap. And man, oh, man. I mean, you know. I only wear pink on Wednesdays, and apparently <laughs> people wore pink all weekend because Mean Girls came in at number one. <laughs> yes, it the did. The musical, um, and they did an interesting, interesting thing, too, because musicals are doing a – they're making a resurgence. They are. But trailers are not marketing them as musicals. It's kind of like a surprise type of thing. Um, and apparently it's going over kind of well. So that's that's a very interesting, like – tactic i guess we're seeing in the entertainment industry right now but yeah mean girls came in at number one with 32 million the beekeeper jason statham's one i'm surprised it came in at number two with 19 million because i had literally just heard about it a week before it came out yeah not a lot so, of marketing uh, for that one at all so. no no so that's that's really surprising kudos to them um number three was wonka with 10.8 number four was migration with 8.3 and number five was anyone but you with 8.2. That's awesome to see because it's a great rom-com, rated R rom-com. And we are going to have some people from anyone but you. Um, some behind the scenes and hopefully some in front of the camera. That's right. So stay tuned for that on the show. Um, a new movie is coming out this week um, in select theaters. Maybe near you. Origin. Yes. What brings me to you. The end where are the end we start from. The ISS and distant. Yes. Um, I'm super movies pumped. You can go see. Oh, go ahead. No origin. I'm going to see it tomorrow. I'm so fucking pumped for that. That's Bernthal's new one, and mm -hmm. holy shit, the trailer just looks fucking incredible. It's uh, Ava DuVernay, uh, her new one. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and it just look really good. it looks fucking very, insane. Very and, filmmaker film. Oh yeah, and it's hardcore subject matter, and uh, it's been completely ignored by the award shows. Like I don't know, yeah. I don't fucking understand because you watch the trailer and you're like, how the fuck did this not get recognized? I mean, yeah, it exactly. just seems nuts to me. And I'm all in on Bernthal. You know, I love Bernthal. And which brings me to you, Lucy Hale, and Nat Wolf. Yeah. That should be a good one. That there's a romantic comedy that should be pretty funny. And I'm pulling for you, Lucy. Come on, get a hit. Come go. on. Anyway. <laughs> So funny. Movies you can go see right now, Mean Girls, Beekeeper, Night Swim, Poor Things, 
the boys in the boats and the ones i had listed above yes so be sure to check out all those to your local cinemas this weekend and head over to the IB Pro, imdb pros top trending segment the top trending movie is Saltburn. um that has the dude from euphoria on it yep um, jacob e lordy and uh... and he it's on amazon prime so yep. everybody can check it out there and the top trending show is Fool Me Once. I believe that's on Netflix. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the top trending star, Michelle Keegan, is from Fool Me Once. Yep. So be sure to check those out this weekend. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Saltburn's got that man. full frontal, doesn't it? Like, Which one? Saltburn. Isn't there like a bathtub oh, scene no with Keogh? Like the, the guy from the Eternals and, and Joker in uh, Batman. I think he's in it too. And apparently there's this like... That's the joke that they were inappropriately making on the Golden Globes about the only thing bigger was Cooper's nose in Maestro or whatever. Oh, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> Apparently there's this like full frontal scene where – and I guess my boy is pretty well hung and uh, they get – you know, I, I guess – I don't know. A lot of people are talking about the bathroom scene and I'm like, should we watch the film or should we not watch the film? Are people only watching the film for the bathroom scene? I don't know. I just, you know right. – I don't know. I, I just I've heard it's a really good film. It's from Margot yeah. Chappie's uh, company. I mean Margot Robbie's company. Um, so I mean, you know, she doesn't put bad stuff out there. She she takes risks and everything. So I don't know. I don't know if I want to check this one out, but I might. I, you know, I don't know. Good for him, man. Good for him. It's cold outside. So he's putting all the rest of the <laughs> apparently, it was a warm bathtub, my man. It was a warm bathtub. Apparently, apparently. <laughs> But anyway, guys, thank you so much for getting crazy with us on episode 246 of Cap Podcast. We really appreciate it. We got to thank our guest one more time, uh, Callie Spr- uh, Spragans, for coming on this yes. show. Be sure to follow her on Instagram and TikTok and all the good places. And, of course, be sure to follow the company and podcast on all the good places. We're at ITCAF Podcast on all social media, at Crazy Ant Media for our film and television-related subject matter. And, of course, us both personally on social media myself at j logan austin and at crazy ant ceo there it is man there it is and of course be sure to follow everything's okp our mental health podcast we do have a new episode the first one of 2024 coming out this upcoming week and it's about our 2024 goals so yeah. make sure to check that out i'm very excited for that um, and you guys know you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Stitcher, and so much more. And if you're watching this video on YouTube, we appreciate it. Be sure to hit that like button on the video, subscribe to the channel, and ring the bell for all the latest and greatest notifications coming out of Crazy Ant Media. Yes! And of course, be sure to visit our website, www.crazyantmedia.com, where you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. We got everything you need for your merchandise needs, so be sure to check that out. And that's why you got to follow us for the promotional sales. Yes. But man, oh man, what a show, man. What a show. All the good things. I love award season, so it's a great time to be alive. It is a really awesome time to be alive. It's a really awesome time to be alive if you are a Marvel and Daredevil fan. It's an awesome time to be alive if you are... Well, I don't know about if it's an awesome time to be alive if you are a Disney shareholder. Looks like there's a nasty fight going to come no matter what this time. He's not going to back away, and we'll just kind of see how that's going to go. But, you know, uh, always fun to talk about it, though. It's always fun to kind of talk about where the industry's going and how it's going to happen and how it's going to move and... 
Uh, yeah, yeah, dude, I love it. I love it. And anytime we get to talk about award shows, because we're going to be there one day. We're going to be on that stage. We're going to be winning, and somebody's going to butcher our names. And it's going to be amazing. It's going to be... <laughs> Don't butcher your name. Mine's not that hard. Yeah, no, yeah. I feel like Logan Austin is not that hard, but they'll, they'll, they'll no. I'll be a Bergeron or a Bergaman or like, a, you know, just they'll yeah. fuck it up. It's fine. It's good. You wouldn't think so, though, because there's a lot of Bergmans in the entertainment industry. Yeah. One N or two Ns, but it's still pronounced that way. You would think they would get it right, right? But probably you not. Think. You probably would think. You would think. But since the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s, there's one name that no one has gotten wrong because they have taken over the world. <laughs> they are making everything, and everything is okay because they are around the one, the only Oprah! Oprah!